As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're recording. Cool. All right, three, two. You're listening to Batman on Film, chapter by chapter, Batman 89. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a chapter break here. Uh, we're still talking about Batman 89, but we're not going to get into the film. But I have a very special guest joining me today. I have Mr. FJ DeSanto. You may have heard him on the show before. FJ, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was excited to, to invite you on here. Um, just because I feel like a lot of us, you know, I think if we're at a certain age, we were kind of experiencing Batman 89, uh, uh, you know, when it came out and we got to experience all that. So I wanted to kind of just have a, a fun little conversation about uh, what was it like for you back then? What was your experience? What were you doing? Uh, and really just anything else that kind of pops up. So uh, first well, off, I was so lucky, thank- I, you know, I'm of a certain age where, <laughs> you know, the certain milestones of comics and comic book movies sort of hit at the right moment so you know being a teenager of a certain age when dark knight returns comes out or watchmen you know and sort of being not a little kid anymore and sort of comics were sort of growing alongside so the movie is in my opinion the sort of natural payoff for that era in the Mm -hmm. 80s you know like to me i feel like the, the entire world of comic books culminates with this movie, you know, over the eighties, um, you know, you start where they we're, were like, you know, stuff like teen Titans in the early eighties, you know, which were sort of in an X-Men and stuff like that, where there was sort of mature takes on, on these heroes. Subsequently, then you go into, you know, like the, the Superman reboots and stuff like that and crisis and all that stuff. It, it, it was a real era of sort of taking risks and doing different things with it. And subsequently, you know, Frank Miller in particular laid a specific groundwork for the comic audience, for us, mm-hmm. that by the time that movie comes out, you know, while it's not a direct adaptation of anything Frank did, they they set a sort of tone that we hadn't seen before in that you could do this dark, mysterious version of Batman. And, and I think it just reached a fever pitch. And I was, you know, in my mid-teens when it came out so i was old enough to drive you know like friends it was it was an event when it came out yeah and it was a real fever pitch and you know i was thinking about this when i was watching the movie last night like you know they debuted the costume in a new york times article like in a black and white costume and i remember just it it's just a bad angle like of the of the suit and you know they changed the the logo and all that stuff you know the the bat insignia and all that stuff but I was still pumped for it. Like there was still something very exciting about it. And it was real, what people don't realize now. And I think, you know, with the flash coming out, I think it's, 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 it's invoking a lot of nostalgia for that era. Mm-hmm. There was a real cultural moment, you know, in, in, in not just comic book movies, but in, in movies in general. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was something that, you know, at that time we didn't have star Wars for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, Indiana Jones was coming out that year. So there'd been a gap. You know, there wasn't, and there wasn't sort of anything like that other than Superman, which was at that point 10 years, yeah, you know, before that. Um, especially with the merchandising, so much crazy stuff then. Um, you know, and I ate all that up, I ate all of it up, I loved it. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because you know, I, I'm, I'm probably, I think, I'm about four to six years away from where you're at. So I, w- I was a little younger, so I don't remember a lot of the controversies and stuff coming out or, but I do remember seeing like, Oh shoot, it's Batman. And you know, my only experience with Batman was superpowers 
and you know like super friends all that stuff and then the adam west show and uh you nailed it with the with the influence of like again it's not like it was based on year one or dark knight returns but there definitely was a tone influence because even the comics back then it was a little more straightforward batman he was creature of the night but i even feel like that some of that early 80s stuff it strayed a little bit away from like the denny o'neill like yeah you know, Adam's it, era. it's an interesting path because in the 70s which is the late 70s is my very early comic reading i'm talking like mm-hmm. four years old like first reading comic and i was a little late for the neil adams denny o'neill stuff but then you know they reprinted them in the giant oversized yeah. books and shit like that and but for me the touchstone which I think this movie actually draws more from than say the Frank Miller year one Dark Knight Return stuff is actually the Steve Englehart, Marshall Rogers stuff. Yeah. Um, which is my all time favorite. Yeah. Um, Batman. Strange movie. apparitions. Strange, strange yeah. apparitions. I l- love that. And I, yeah. and I was buying that when it was coming out because basically Vicky Vale in this movie is Silver St. Cloud, just yeah. different guys. And, you know, that was a very contemporary take on Batman at the time um, where other stuff didn't. But to your point, after that, in sort of the 80s, the the, the sort of pre-Dark Knight Batman sort of skews all over the place a little bit and and doesn't really have the definition that it eventually sort of gets where Dark Knight sort of retroactively sort of alters the, the comic line in a good way yeah. and you know and, and it just again when you look back at it it's just these milestones just hit yeah. and and it, and it builds to this crescendo that pays off with the the movie so okay so let's 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 go back to where you were you said you were just about to drive around you were trying you were experiencing the cultural like phenomenon that's what i remember the most was when batman 89 came out it was everywhere even even though i didn't get to see it like and people have heard this i didn't get to see it in the 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 theater i still experienced batman 89 i feel like you couldn't get away from it no everywhere like towels you know figures all the all the the basic merchandise taco bell stuff i still have cups from taco bell like just because it's there's something about um that film i feel like it was out of all the batman films that have come out and you know they merchandise everything i feel like it's the most uh, collectible there's something about it like even like last week i, I or a couple weeks ago i bought a, a grapple gun like there's well, still the aesthetic stuff. of the movie is yeah. insane and it's never been replicated that was the one big thing you know like anton first in particular is yeah. just you know it's like it's like a talent unleashed and you know when you look at that movie and you put it in the context of the time mm-hmm. nothing looked like that yeah even the costume you know now we're so used to batman in that costume and that kind of reality non-tights you know sort of thing but at the time it was very stark and very bold in in the choices like the 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 production design of the movie and the the you know even like when you have the design of that grappling gun like we had never seen any of that stuff before in a superhero movie yeah you know it was always superman flying around that was really it at that point yeah. And it was a legit cultural phenomenon. I mean, I remember, you know, the opening night, it was an event. You were waiting outside, you were waiting online and people were crazy in the theater cheering, et cetera. Like it, it was, it was so fun. Like I remember I went with a group of friends and it was like the first time you have girlfriends and things like that. And you know, that, that right age of just like, you know, it's dark enough and it wasn't corny yeah. and it had humor in it, but it was good, you know, humor that, sort of worked within the context of the movie um and batman was cool and prince was doing the music and it was cool <laughs> yeah you know like and, and you walk into times square in manhattan and there's a giant bat logo and and that was the beauty the marketing was just so brilliant it was just we're just going to market the logo and yeah, that, that, that poster was everywhere i just remember seeing i remember being at the beach uh that summer and i just remember it being in the the window of like a, a like a i think it was a warehouse records old warehouse record store just because it was the prince album it was just a prince batman just that just that logo and like it was really interesting how they cut off the sides of it just a little bit to kind of go what the heck is that like you knew it was batman but if you weren't familiar with that world you're like what the heck is this you know gold it look, almost looked like a mouth like if you just kind of glanced at it but i just remember it being like all over the place in uh you know i remember people getting their head shaved like the bat logo in the head remember that <laughs> Like it probably was wild, wild, man. Probably Bill did that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, Bill Raby did that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was talking to a couple guys uh, almost maybe a year ago, and uh, one of the guys he's like, ah, it wasn't as big as you guys think it was. I'm like, I can't. No, I, yeah, I, even I don't even think like the Dark Knight marketing match. Like the Dark Knight marketing was really cool. That had that had all viral stuff going on, but it it didn't. No, I don't think it no. hit. 89 Not, and I don't, I don't think anything else has hit again as like much it, as i love the right? nolan movies they and they're important movies and i think dark knight is in my opinion the best comic book based movie yeah. maybe ever made or at least in the top three um it, they weren't cultural events yeah like this this 89 movie and and you couldn't do it five years before you couldn't do it five years after it was just the zeitgeist at that point where whoever's telling you it wasn't that big is nuts because yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a legit event and yeah. it's a, it's a merchandising masterclass. It's a marketing masterclass. Um, and even like with the Prince thing, no one had done anything like that yeah. before. There, didn't there was, he write it in like less than a month or something like that? What well, didn't started? he like, didn't he create, I thought I read that he created that like record, like, real fast and like, oh he did it like that he did it yeah he did it with dailies like that's why some of the sound bites sound different than what's in the movie oh, they were okay. giving him the dailies to sort of sample off of gotcha um which you know was i mean it's, it's truly innovative and yeah. you know when you put it in context of 1989 it's it's nuts that they were able to do that and, and you know it's as for as dark visually as it is it's a surprisingly fun movie that's the one thing i sort of realized i took it so seriously but i mean look like you my introduction to batman was the 66 batman show in reruns Mm -hmm. and you know i remember being three four years old scared of caesar romero you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah and then you get to a certain age where you go oh this is corny and and you sort of dismiss it for a little bit and then you go back to it in like a nostalgia way and you really appreciate it i never had that experience with the 89 movie meaning like it always stayed in my head relevant and it always stayed cool. And even rewatching it last night, like it holds up, it holds yeah. up better than the subsequent movies. And I think because it, it, you know, the first movie is a Batman movie. The second movie is a Tim Burton movie with Batman. Yeah. In it. And then, that, and that, so the Burton aesthetic overtakes it. Whereas the first movie has the right balance of Anton first, just visually off the charts. It looks like another planet. Yeah. Um, and then the second part of it is the the Burton aesthetic sort of creeps in there in different places. Like the balloons are very Burton, you know, yeah. some of the gothicness of it. And you could tell Burton wasn't fully flexing his Burton muscles, which isn't yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, he's definitely reined in. This was like a... The second movie, he's not. And, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why he doesn't come back for the third movie, because Warner's was not <laughs> happy with that. So take a, take a break. <laughs> Do something small. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, with, with, with like the, the Anton first designs and everything, like what is one of your favorite, uh, like pieces? Like I, I, I love the car. I feel like if you look at the car, it says Batmobile, even if, you know, you didn't know it was a Batmobile. Like, I, I just like how it speaks for itself. Is there anything about, uh, just the elements of the film that you're like, man, this is my absolute favorite piece. Like, I don't know. You know, I used to love going, there was certain floor at DC comics when they were in New York, and you'd go and they'd have like each floor in DC comics was a different city mm. from DC comics. So the main floor was metropolis. Like you walked into a mural, the daily planet. And then there was like sort of an editorial floor where it was Gotham city. And they mm. had and in the waiting area, they would have the framed Anton first concept art. 
Oh, cool. And it was just like, I was just constantly, I wish in those days I had the cell phone with the camera to take pictures of it because it was just crazy stuff. And it was the original stuff too. Oh, nice. And, you know, I think for me, as much as I like the car, the Batwing yeah. was like, I remember when that came on screen, I was just like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that yeah, because it kind of sweeps movie. in there. You yeah, like the way it's introduced yeah. is just really cool. Um, but but to, to be honest, I mean, you know, I just think the visual design of Gotham yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, I'm actually shocked no one's tried to replicate it. You know what I mean? Like, the, the closest actually it reminds me of is um, the Matt Reeves movie. Like, the Gotham yeah. is very similar, but you can still tell they're shooting at least in the Reeves movie, in real cities, whereas this yeah. is just, you know, completely designed and, you know, yeah. in the same place where they did Blade Runner uh, in England. And uh, that, that's Pinewood Studio, right? I'm sorry? Is that Pinewood? Yeah, Pinewood yeah. Studio? yeah. And I, I can't pick one thing. It's just, I think for me, it's the visual aesthetic of Gotham as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then subsequently, if I had to pick like one thing, is the, the, the Batwing is just, like, I just remember just being like, you know, in those days, we didn't have the internet, so we weren't spoiled by a lot of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you'd see something like in an article or something like that. Or Starlog. <laughs> yeah, Starlog. Yeah. And, but then when the Batwing came out, I was just blown away by that. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I love the city, too. I think I, I think out of all the films, and again, they're, they're all different. They all have a reason why they, they, they look the way they look. But it still is the one that, again, it's it's Gotham is a character in, in that film. It just is. It feels like this place smells like rainwater and and metal you know that's kind of like when i watch it I, I that's what i feel and yeah they nailed it and i think there was a there was a comic book where they tried to introduce uh that look i remember they even had anton first sketches on the cover oh yeah had, i forgot what that is though it, it was called destroyer there was a guy who was he was like some guy who was like blowing up old uh architecture in gotham that's all i remember and then um mm-hmm. they it's when they introduced kind of a new gotham city like uh, precinct that it looked like it was a Anton first design. And I, I just remember it was like a three part story or something, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love the architecture. You're that's my kinda... old boss, Michael Uslin, who I'm sure has been on this a thousand times oh. it, and, and how I know Bill for so long um, was very tight with Anton. Oh, and man. they told me the story about basically when Anton went to Burton, they said, what do you want? You know, what do you want this to look like? And, it, there were there were two sort of aesthetics. One was, I might have this wrong. Someone can ask Michael this. Is hell as if it erupted from yeah. the ground was yeah. one thing. And That's the number one quote. Like they, that quote pops up a lot. Yeah. yeah, New York as if there was no zoning and planning. Yeah, that was the other sort of, you know, description. It was like a city built above a city. Like there was the old city, and then there was like a newer city built on top of it to make it as claustrophobic. Yeah, as possible, and subsequently, you know, like when you, it's a smart opening to the movie where the the family gets mugged, and you know, the, the simple on Batman thing, like you feel that city right away, the yeah. claustrophobia of it, the, the chaos of it, and and that's something. Hey, no one's tried to replicate, and I, I understand that. You know, the Nolan movies are more grounded and more what if Batman existed in our world. This yeah. is still like a real fantasy in a in a in a weird way, like. Maybe the only time is like the Joker where I felt that sort of chaos in the city, you know, especially like the third act of the Joker. Oh, you have to pray and everything. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about uh, some of the cast. Uh, Jack Nicholson is the Joker. We were talking about this a couple episodes ago. I wanted to get your take. Uh, I, I really don't feel like it's uh, I feel like it's a easy target to say, Oh, he's just being Jack Nicholson. And I really don't, I don't really feel like that. I feel like if you say that you haven't seen a lot of Jack Nicholson films, um, his, his take is still one of my favorites. Cause I think he, he, he delivers, uh, such a, uh, it's a wild performance. It's like, he, he's having a good time. You can tell, but it's, you can see like the insanity kind of dripping out in, in certain lines. He has these little bloop, bloop. He does these little ad libs of like, just like, he's this little wacky, like ends to anytime he says something in, in um, to me, I was like, oh, that's so he, he's he's having a good time, but he's 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 putting these little smart touches on. Like, I feel like the Joker's brain coming apart 
that's how I took it. It's like, oh, he's he's totally like he'll say something and he'll just like lose it. And he has these little like drips as he says stuff. But I, I think that it's a weak criticism to say he's just being Jack. It's obviously it is him. It's like a great pick. Like, man, get Jack Nicholson to be the Joker. Like, like I don't know who else you could have got, you know. You couldn't would've... have. You couldn't have. And, and again, yeah. that's part of what we were talking about with the zeitgeist. And, and yeah. it was just I totally agree with everything you, you just said. And I think what 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 is again having rewatched it last night is you forget they set up Jack before he's a Joker as a psychopath. Uh-huh. You know he's the lapdog to Carl Grissom, right? Yeah. And you have that bit where Eckhart's like, "I don't deal with psychopaths. I don't." He's nuts. He murdered the yeah. parents, like, and he would have killed the kid if yeah. the other guy didn't call him, right? Yeah. And what you don't realize because it's not a it's not a gory movie. It's not a he kills a lot of people in this movie. Like I, that yeah. was the big thing I realized. Like murdering everybody in this movie yeah you know what i mean like it's mass genocide of that city yeah that he's going for right so he's absolutely nuts and but to your point about the little nuances every time he ventures into jack nicholson territory he finds something that lures it back to being the joker and being this homicidal maniac mm-hmm. there, there's always that bit where like he can do that whole goofy dance in the art museum but yeah. then you're absolutely scared shitless of him when he sits down with her yeah. Right, like that, that balance is really, really good, and it, it, it look those Joker qualities you want Jack Nicholson for it because he's that kind of actor, yeah. but for him to do that performance in all that makeup and the prosthetics on the face is nuts. Yeah, like it, it, like he's a giant to be able to pull that off, and it's not goofy, and he stays scary, um, and he has some funny bits in it, but. What I liked, you know, sort of one thing I had forgotten at the end was at the top of the bell tower and all his goons are up there because he's not going to fight Batman. Like Batman's yeah. going to kick his ass, right? So like he's smart in it. And, and I also forgot like, you know, he gets the, Bruce gets the final and it's like, he, oh, he studied chemical chemistry. Like he's sort of like an evil genius without yeah. really twirling the mustache and saying I'm an evil genius. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh yeah, I took these classes in college, you know, and I get a kind of a, a rough idea of like how oh, this stuff is gonna mix together, you know, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's it's a great. really clever villain plot when you think about it, like, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the other thing I was sort of when I was rewatching it was sort of like, oh yeah, it's not just gonna poison everybody; it's the combination of of yeah. these items will kill you, yeah. right? And it's like, well, that's brilliant. That's yeah. really really cool, and yeah, that would that was it was a big surprise. It's very easy. I shouldn't say it's a big spread. It's very easy to just look at it as one-dimensional Jack Nicholson performance yeah. when it's clearly super nuanced. Yeah. You know, like when he goes to the the you were telling me before you just covered the scene with the other mob bosses. Yeah. You know, the and and he and he puts on the human makeup for that. Like the yeah. vanity of it is really interesting. And yeah, and you know, why he would do that and you know. Um, or he shows up at the museum to impress her and, or, you know, she pours the water on him and all that stuff. Like there, there, there are layers to that character, you know, as opposed, like I was sort of drawing the parallel between that scene you're talking about with the mob bosses and the, the Heath Ledger one, you know, where they're different sort of shows of strength to the mob Yeah. in, in those respective movies. And they both work. Like, you know, when hmm. Heath does the pencil trick where he puts the guy's head, which is absolutely nuts. Yeah. You know, in this, it's the the buzzer that fries the dude, which, which could be really corny, but it isn't. Yeah, like it's it's a super fine line he walks in that and succeeds. Yeah, I think the 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 one of the things I find interesting is, and you're talking about he's a mass murderer, right? But as the audience, we're like cheering everything he does. We're laughing at everything he does and we and we talked a little bit about like isn't it crazy like he's he's taking grissom out he's lap but he's laughing he's shooting over his shoulder under his leg and all this stuff and we're like dude he's he shot this guy like nine times and we're laughing as the audience like that's the joker winning you yeah, know we're like, never once forgetting even though he's killing everybody and laughing that he's a murderer that he's yeah. he's an actual threat yeah he's in my opinion he's just as smart as batman except his brain is falling apart throughout the yeah. like you point out his brain yeah. is all over the place yeah uh I, I wanted to one of the things that i've been noticing is is the the prosthetics like the, it looks like it inhibits him a little bit but he uses it there's a there's the scene where he drinks the martini oh yeah and he's, he's not he's, under... 
it just feels really weird. It. He drinks it such a weird, like it's such a, a weird drink, but it, it seems like a it seems like the Joker's just being kind of silly and just drinking it kind of like weird, but it's probably because no, it's because of the prosthetics. Yeah, the prosthetics, but it's it, it works though. It's because know, he I can't just, sip, so he can't sit there and go like this, like you know, yeah. <laughs> mess up the the, the 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 prosthetics won't allow that. Yeah, um, I love that whole thing. It's no one of the things that's funny is like my, my kids, they've grown up on this film, and so like uh, when they're a little bit younger, my, my younger boy, he's like, Hey dad, I can't brush my teeth. Cause I just went in the shower and like, he's all, if you put those together and I was like, what are you saying? He's all dad, it'll poison me like the Joker. <laughs> Cause you know, the, you know, the, the concoction of, of, uh, you know, of health products. So that's funny. I, I, I love, I love all that stuff. Um, this movie is so, is so quotable too, but not in a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of way. You know, I just think every scene there's been like these, like, uh, he, I mean, Jack has the best lines in this whole film. Um, the I know yeah, there was but a but Batman has the two that are more in the in the sort of zeitgeist, and you see in the Flash trailer the I'm Batman, oh yeah, I want to get nuts, which they're doing in the Flash. That yeah, okay, so that. they didn't say that in the trailer, but I heard it's it was in something else. Like I heard it was in like a CinemaCon trailer or something. The want to get nuts? Yeah, yeah, that's that's in the movie. Yeah, well, you you would know how. To... I got lucky. I, I read an early version of it before <laughs> um, after, so it, it's it's probably a lot different now. But everybody I know who sees it loves it. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited for it. And he looks great in the costume. The costume redesign is cool. And yeah, yeah, it looks good. I, I, man, I, we can just get into it. It's fine. It's this is a, this is a loose conversation. But I love the the the, the Super Bowl ad. Where it had it had like a whole bunch of other suits. That was yeah. cool. I was like, oh, I want to see more. Well, of and that. one of them is the goggles that are very reminiscent of the Affleck nightmare yeah. batman the, the far right costume yeah it looked like i was i read an article with the guy who designed it and he was kind of like uh well he was tweeting about it that guy yeah because really i was excited. like oh does he have guns but they're he said they're actual uh grapple guns they're not like pistols but he had grapple guns on holsters like oh that's cool like right. you know i, I don't i don't want to you know i get like there's reason where batman had a, a gun but i just you know i, I don't feel like that me blowing guys away but that's why i like it's funny you can speculate what happened in the 30 years since we've seen him or whatever and yeah all these different adventures he's gone on yeah i love that i, I just love that there's a there's like a, a perceived history of what he did hopefully if it's i mean i'm sure this movie will, will be bananas but it'd be really nice to see like hey maybe they can tell a story of like that keaton batman i didn't like the batman 89 comic book they put out um, i thought it started off okay and then sort of tapered off like it was it was too yeah. long and it was too obvious. If that it didn't sense. hit for me. I didn't feel like it was the right story for that world. It felt more of a, it felt like a, like it was, it, I thought it was a good story, but it wasn't a Burton Batman universe story. It felt too real, the themes. And I was like, Oh, I get what they're doing, but it didn't work for me as it wasn't weird enough. I thought this Batman's, this Batman has a really weird world and this didn't feel like that. So, yeah, they should have gotten Jerry Ordway to draw it. But, well, I don't think he wanted to. Yeah, probably not. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's also, by the way, to go back to the nine movie. I think the comic adaptation is on level of one of the top comic adaptations of a movie. Oh yeah, Ever, like Ordway's just insane. It's like Al Williamson with the Star Wars stuff, um, where it's just like, again, in those days, you know, you'd have to wait how many years to get it on VHS or whatever. That was your only way to remember these stories and things like that were those comics or novels and things like that. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. Ordway's work on that is just insane. It's really good. Like for, I mean, like even the coloring on it, I thought looked, yeah. it looked special. Cause I remember re that was one of the, I remember the first time I went to a comic book store, I found that cause like my, my favorite version of Batman was mostly from the film. Like, okay, I know Batman. This, this is who I know. So I was looking for that and, I I loved that book. I just loved how, you know, he he illustrated that whole thing, you know, through likenesses. And it, it's it's what made me seek out his work. That's how I started reading some Superman books. I was like, oh, I know that name Ordway. And so I was he still looking. he still got it. Like he does a lot yeah. of commissions and stuff like that. During COVID, he was doing these sort of like, I don't know, they were charity things. And he did an Earth 2 Robin sketch cover, like oh, nice. they call it. I I bid up to I think a grand <laughs> on it. And I still lost. Oh like, man! At a certain point, I hit the wall. I can't go further than this. Yeah, um, he's incredible. He he's still really, really good. Really, really good. 
All right. Uh, I wanted I wanted to get back to the bat costume. We were talking a little bit about it. I still think it's one of the the best, uh, you know, Batman suits that have been on film. I, I get like the restricting, like it was a little bit restrictive, but just in the design and the style of it, um, I think it's sweet. I think it's not too. Um, it's awesome. It's better than the returns one. It's better than the subsequent ones in that in that initial four movies. Yeah, the other one's um, got a little too like over designed. You know. Yeah. Well, um, the, the the problem with the the returns one is that it's too armory, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it's like too, I don't want to say boxy, but like sort of just like it's like it's almost too metallic and not organic looking like this one, right? Yeah. And it's sort of weird now. It's really funny because I was reading somebody, I don't know, maybe it was on Twitter, someone was complaining after the Flash trailer, like they didn't fix the neck issues, you know, with with the costume. And, you know, that they sort of figured out when they did the Nolan movies and all yeah. that stuff. And when you watch, it's actually a part of his acting aesthetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when he, especially when he's going up the clock tower and he's got to look up like that and, you know, yeah. like he tilt his head. Like, it's almost, it adds to the Batman mystique in a yeah. way. It's like, you don't want them to figure that out. You don't want, yeah. like, you want Keaton to continue to do those almost stiff like movements but it works for the character oh yeah i you love know, it. It, it it's 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 the, the first costume is amazing yeah um and that's why i, li I like the flash costume because it, it's basically like a middle ground between the 89 and the returns costume it's like this it's, it's a really smart balance of, yeah. of costume um but i i think this one in particular the 89 one is, is iconic yeah. In that it seems practical, but it retains that superhero feel to it. Like I believe him as Batman mm -hmm. in that costume. And they have good bits, like when he gets knocked out in the alley and they're they're sort of like, What, what is the suit? He's yeah. human and check his wallet. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like but it's sort of the explanation of the costume is very subtle and it works in that way. Um I think the design of it is incredible. And I'm actually always surprised that DC in the comics didn't utilize that version more because yeah. it was so iconic. Yeah, they never really went full black. I think they, 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 uh, they, I think they, I don't, I'm going to get it mixed up. I think they tried uh, after Batman's back was broken. They gave him a, I thought they gave him an all black suit just for know. a minute. He had these it weird. He had these little leg prongs too. It was weird. It was a it was a story called Troika, and then anyways, then every few episodes or issues, uh, they would just kind of scale it back to what we got was just the mm -hmm. no trunks, no trunks, yellow oval. It was like that till No Man's Land. But yeah, uh, for me as a kid, man, I was I was everything I wanted uh, that summer. I wanted a black Batman shirt, but all the marketing was just kind of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez type of stuff, mm -hmm. like classic stuff. It was great because it was everywhere. You know, they even throw Robin on stuff, even though he was not in the film. But uh, it, I really wanted that that black Batman. <laughs> you couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, so I was a little younger. I was trying to get the toys. I had to get rain checks. You'd go to like Target. And I remember I wanted to get a Batmobile and a Batman. And like, they're like, you get a ring. I didn't know what that meant. My mom's like, it means you'll get it later. <laughs> and so it was months before I could even get anything. You know, that was the advantage of living in New York is we were able to get all that. And I was old then, you know, I was a teenager and I was still buying them. You know, what was like your favorite? What was your favorite thing that you were able to purchase back then? The or? wing, the bat wing. The, oh, really? Him, okay. Him and the bat wing was great. I'm mean, like, I didn't buy all the multi costume things and all that. Yeah. Shit. Like, it was just like, the movie version, like here's Batman, here's Joker, here's Bob the yeah. you know. And I know I had the car and the um, wing. I might have, there was a cave, right? They did there a was cave. a cave, yeah. Yeah, I think I had the cave. Yeah, I still have my car somewhere. It's in the. Oh, it's, it's in all in my dad's house. I never threw uh, anything out, so it's oh, all. Yeah. It's, I, and I, I was big into superpowers. Like I loved oh. superpowers. So, um, the figures weren't as good as the superpowers ones. No. The when. There was a comp the company that did them, Toy Biz. It's I don't know how they got the license. I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole wild story. You no, know, like, that's Avi Arad, right? Oh, is that who that was? Yeah. So Avi Arad was Toy Biz. Oh, I didn't know. And that, that makes sense. And then there was like they went through some shenanigans to buy it out from him, so Kenner could do the toys for the movie. Yeah. So that's why, like later, it eventually morphs into Kenner. Yeah. There, there was like a weird 
legal thing with that. I forget. Yeah. Uselin would know all that. Yeah. Stuff. Those figures are, I mean, the Kenner figures were just the superpowers Batman. They just modded. The head was different, but it's the same body. But it was like, I still, I love those. I still have some of them. Like, they're just. Oh, I got all that shit. I love that stuff. I, oh, I, I've got like. I think I have almost all the superpowers for you, like including like the rare cyborg one and oh, all man. that stuff. Like, oh, like I wish I, you know, I have, but I was never a guy little. like you know, like I'm of the generation like we. Well, at least I didn't know like keep them in the box kind yeah. of stuff. So well, why I would you though? With, I played with all that shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? like, you're squeezing like, the legs. <laughs> yeah, the comics. I didn't put them in board and bags. I read them till they fell apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know. I'm like, I didn't care about that. You know, yeah. now I do. Now it's because the packaging's nicer and stuff like that. And yeah, it depends. Like, there's sometimes, like, I, I just have it because I'm like, what am I going to, someone buys it for me, what am I going to do with it? Unless my kid wants to play with it, and I have no problem giving it to him. But, uh, mm. like, yeah, it just, it, it makes, that stuff, that's what I think about this movie. It makes me happy, that type of stuff. I see Batman 89, I'm like, man, that just makes me, it reminds me of that time. And I like all the other Batman films, I'm, you know, but this one, if I'm going to, purchase a, a grapple gun i'm gonna get the the 89 one because it's just there's something about it don't tell sure, my wife sure. you know the, the, the problem is if i bought one of them i wouldn't know what to do with it I'd be shooting around the house and my wife would kill me yeah and, well that's the thing that, that's what this thing that i want to i want to shoot it at her yeah and you know that that becomes that becomes a dilemma the, the the problem is i have so much crap that like to buy more now at this point is irrelevant it's just gonna collect dust somewhere um yeah. because i see all these new like sideshow and prime one doing these beautiful michael keaton statues and yeah things like that and i'm just like yeah i'll throw a grand on that and then i'm like where the hell am i gonna put that i know you know like you have to have a special room if i didn't put up all the transformers i did for my show <laughs> i ain't gonna put up batman oh uh, that's funny okay so uh like you're a music guy like occasionally occasionally um What's your thoughts on the score? Score is great. The, the Daniel. I mean, it's score. iconic. It's a great theme. Um, I remember buying the Prince soundtrack and being disappointed the score wasn't on it. Like I didn't yeah. know. Then, and then they released the score with the cool image of the moon with the the bat wing in it. Yeah. Um, it's iconic. Like when you hear that theme, you know it's it what it is yeah. and. Um, and there's a manic like, 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 like there's a manic feel to a lot of the Joker stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. There's a lot of like cool like erratic strings and and things like that that really it, it's a movie where that music really sets the tone. Like even like I didn't remember this till I watched it yesterday. Is like even in the opening scene you hear the Prince music in the background. I didn't remember that. Oh you know yeah. I mean? like, like it's all everything is expertly placed throughout the movie in terms of the tone. Yeah. Um, because I always remember the print stuff being in the um museum and all that stuff, but yeah, um, yeah, there's... it's very subtle in the streets, like you hear on the like the someone's boombox or something, yeah, like that. Yeah. I didn't realize that, and and you know, the, there's the score is excellent, like it, it's just, I think it's, I think it's probably his best score, but yeah, the it's it's really amazing how you know Danny Elfman was able to to even be a part of this because there's a there's a story where they talk about like oh gosh what's the name of the producer again of of batman john um, peters john peters yeah like uh burton's all just play 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 the hero theme and he heard it he's like okay that's it because he was so like who's this like you know oingo boingo guy like yeah. <laughs> you know like what what it, what is this and that that i think that that score it's it's still like so iconic when you when you hear it. They even used it for the the Schumacher films. They didn't even use the the Goldenthal stuff. They used the the kind of the the ending reprise for those trailers. I remember that because it just yeah. said Batman. In, and it's hard. It's hard to go up. I mean, everyone else who's made a theme have they, they're fine and they work. This still this thing is just still rooted in like who Batman is. Even yeah, like look, to be honest, I don't remember the the music in the Nolan movies like I do that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I got it and I and I appreciate it, but again, it just you know, it just you know, it's magic. It's it's like the Star Wars theme and, and the Superman theme. Mm-hmm. Those those. Oh, it's up there. It's totally up there. Yeah, it really, it really. I don't remember X Men theme. I don't remember Iron Man theme. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Well, I remember so the X Men animated theme. I think that one, <laughs> that one. If yeah. you're gonna go animated shows, that thing's like, I get it. But yeah, the those movies, even even Elfman's Spider Man theme, I don't, I can't. It'll take me a little bit to find it, you know. Right. It's, it's hard. I mean, that's a 
you know, scores is a, is a, is a game, you know, and I can't, I can't think of a, a current score. I'm like, Oh, I get that one. Like, I think actually I really like the, the guardians theme that, uh, uh, Tyler Bates did. Mm-hmm. I think that one, that one to me, it feels fun. It, it reminds me of star Wars, you know, space type of stuff. I, I really think they did a good job with that, but, right. um, all right. Uh, I wanted to get a couple, a couple more things out of EFJ and, and I'll let you go. Um, do you have a, a favorite part of this film? Was there, is there a part that you're like, Oh man, I'll just, I'll, I'll put that on and watch it and, and love I it. I like the, the mid movie chase with her, the car oh, okay. and the shields and, he fights them in the alley. It's it's just cool seeing Batman do hand to hand stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, my only complaint about those first two movies is there's not enough Batman in it and yeah. doing cool shit. Um, but when he does, it's great. Um, yeah. So that that mid movie chase when he rescues her at the museum onward in the yeah. in that is great. I like that more than the ending. Um, yeah. Just for, for fun action, like. The you'd never seen anything with like the car before like that, yeah. you know, with shields and all that stuff yeah. and stop and you know, but him just fighting those guys in the alley is, is just a lot of fun. Um, I'm also a huge fan of just the opening, the up to the I'm Batman. Like I just think that's iconic, you know, yeah. introduction of a character. The way the way he they, they do some great stuff in it, like. Well, the way he floats in and out of scenes, like it, it, the Ace Chemicals in the beginning, the way he comes mm-hmm. in and out, yeah. and stuff like that. And I always liked that they showed the wire and disconnected from the grapple gun, so you know, there was a practical element to it, like, yeah. as opposed to you know suspend your imagination kind of thing. So I thought that always worked really, really well. Um, but like, when he fl- when he sort of floats into that opening scene when you first see yeah, he him, drops down, yeah, and I love the the overhead shot. Uh, when he's looking down, it's it's clearly like CG drawn. Yeah, he turns around and goes back into the building. But but it was like I remember seeing that and going, "That's the right. This is Batman. Like this is the cool shit." Yeah, yeah. I I I, I love that opening scene. I love when he's in the in the chemical plant. Like it's just because he's like such a ghost. Like yeah. the way he kind of and and his cape work is so cool. How he kind of goes through like all the you know chemical gas and smoke and stuff like that it's the right it's the right uh balance of like mystery and superhero stuff like and 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 again it could be again like that's you know the first you know cinematic version i've seen of batman i just think they nailed it so much and not that people have to completely copy all that but i'm like that's that's where you that's where you have to learn you know like when he's when batman's walking around and you just kind of see him in his suit it kind of makes me laugh you know i I always feel like he should be kind of shrouded um and there's some films where I'm like, oh man, this isn't. I don't feel like Batman would just be hanging out like that. But you know, it just it has it has informed me like of how Batman should look in all things. And I love how Burton lights them. There's the scene in uh when they're in the cave right after that the scene you're talking about where they where he rescues her and they has that the oh, on his eyes and all that stuff. Oh yeah, it's it's like the Bella Lugosi shot. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's yeah. just his eyes kind of he he throws her the the files and the way he's lit he's all dark and you only see his eyes and they're kind of on two sides of the, uh, of the screen. I love that shot. I'm like, dude, that's one of my favorite shots in the whole film. And like, and, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a weird art nerd, but like I, for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know that that took work, you know, like with, with, you know, just getting everybody, you know, light set up the right way and blocking and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I really appreciate what he did there. You know? Yeah, and I don't know if it was an intentional, but it, it thing, is but... intentional. It's clearly, you can't light it and not make that intentional. But what that does is, is explains his psychosis. It explains, yeah. you know, because she's basically saying, like, some say you're crazy or you're a madman yeah. too. And the look in his, he is. I mean, yeah. that, that's the beauty of the Burton Batman is he's nuts. Yeah. Like, like it's it's not a joke. Like, this, yeah. is, a, this is a guy who's, and, and what I like about the movie is you slowly uncover the origin, the parents and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, she sort of follows him around and takes the picture and does the homework with Knox and all that stuff. Um, you know, she's slowly unpeeling the layers of his trauma yeah. uh, in a really cool way. And, you know, as much as I love Michelle Pfeiffer in the second movie, uh, there, there, there was an interesting love triangle I thought you could have had, but there's too many uh, characters in the second movie anyway. Yeah. But like, <laughs> to see what happened with that relationship is, yeah. you know, because there's a great line in the second movie. You're like, you're the one who let Vicky Vale in the cave. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is a great line. Um, 
that was all we got. That was the only connection, really. Yeah, but but you know, like you know, there was a beauty to go back to the Englehart Rogers stuff where, um, and this this was what was great at the time how they did that is Silver St. Cloud figured it out that he was yeah. Batman just based on his jaw, right? Like yeah. she, she's sleeping with him, she's that close, she's gonna know. When she's Batman, she knows, you know, the mouth and the jaws. Yeah, she it was together. at that party, right? Where they were jumping on the typewriters. That's where she yeah. and so Bruce. where she sees him, you know, above on the, the typewriter yeah. thing. And but what was great about that was she was super smart like that. But then also um it was uh a good reason for her to leave him, to to not sort of stay with him she couldn't yeah. handle it like that's how I, in my mind that's what happened with vicky vale because vicky yeah. was a, a, a reported version of silver saint cloud yeah uh did it bug you that it was uh the joker who killed his parents no no, no. it didn't bother me i i'm i'm not one of those guys who if they change canon and it works yeah you know and and again i'm sure useland's told this story in one of his books but he told me that when they told Bob Kane it was the Joker who killed his parents, he was like, I wish I thought of that. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. It didn't it didn't bother me because I thought it tied up the movie really well. I yeah. thought it really oh, was just... Yeah, it definitely was like a I mean, like an eighties, you know, plot like storytelling, like I get it. it. I get why they did it. Personal stakes. It just it, yeah. it it gave Batman something different and well it had that great exchange the whole i made you you made me like yeah, I, that was that was a nice back and forth between and them by the way time. when they did that i knew i remember i remember distinctly watching the movie and when they revealed joker killed his parents which i thought oh that's a cool twist yeah. but i was like they're killing the joker yeah because there's no way you pay that off and then he's still around yeah which, Which is, I think I think retroactively they probably regretted killing the character, but it's a cool death. Yeah, but you couldn't. Yeah, like with that laughing bag. I mean, <laughs> the, the it, problem with Joker in the movies, a, even the heat great. stuff, is like you don't buy that you're just going to be able to arrest this guy. Yeah, especially the Heath Ledger version. Yeah. You know, like it was like we already saw him break out of prison yeah. in this movie. You know, and then you capture him, he's hanging by his ankle at the end. Like, you know, what are you gonna do with him? Where do yeah. you lock him up? But if Nolan had a plan that got derailed, unfortunately, with that. Yeah. But the, you know, you, you you lose in the '89 Batman the iconic character that you could bring back. I mean, I think that that's where the other movies struggle is an opponent worthy of Batman, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I didn't know. Like this was my first, um, you know understanding of like batman's origin i didn't know any of that going into it. i was 10 I, they didn't get into it on the show it was, i think one episode of super friends they did but i, I don't i couldn't recall and so yeah. this was me learning you know and it, it just i always loved batman as a character but like the movie like like kind of cemented like my like oh man my fandom like oh man i love him and so i didn't know until my uncle's all yeah it was a guy named joe chill because <laughs> my uncle's a comic guy and he was like that's yeah. who killed his parents and i was like oh wow I, well okay like that's cool you know, I didn't. I didn't know. I thought his name was Jack Napier. Like so, everything I, I took that as gospel. Like, oh, this is just again another thing. I'm surprised they didn't end up incorporating into the comics. I guess they yeah. couldn't, but they did on the show on the animated. Like he was Jack Napier on uh, I think Mask of the Phantasm. But uh, other than that, oh, really, I don't remember. Yeah, he was in that. I was like, okay, so they used it there, and uh, you know, so I think they called him Jack. Didn't they call him Jack in the Killing Joke? They never gave him a last name, but I thought they called him Jack. I could yeah, be I think one of his guys is he's Jack or something like that. I forget. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it regardless, like it just, uh, to, for me, it, it doesn't bug me. You know, there's probably a phase in my, when I was a little more like legalistic in my, my nerdum <laughs> and like late twenties was like, should have been, should have been Joe chill, you know, whatever. but like for the story, it doesn't make sense. Joe chill makes no sense in the story. It didn't bother me. It didn't, yeah. it didn't bother me. And they, by the way, they do Joe chill well in the Nolan movies. You yeah. Know they, I mean? Like the, yeah. Uh, in the comics now, I don't know who's killed his parents. Like, I think it's, it's Joe solved, Chill. It's unsolved. I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, there was always the version where he found him in the fifties. Yeah. Um. You know, and he lifted his mask. You know, I'm the son of Thomas yeah. and Martha Wayne. The the three Joker story. I don't know if you read that. I actually it was did. like, oh man, I really like. It was kind of moving how they 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 ended that story. I was like, with with Batman, you know, basically like forgiving the guy. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's a 
that's a whole other like angle of, of the Batman mythos. But um, yeah, didn't bung. I was just curious, like, because you, you were reading the books back then, so you were a little more aware of like, you know, what the heck was going on. So, yeah. well, good on you for not <laughs> not being the the stereotype. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You know, if if I. I can't think of anything like, well, Green Lantern's like an example. It's like, well, you change this and it doesn't work. Um, but I can't think of, you know, I'm not a Marvel guy. So when I see the Marvel movies, like half the time I have to ask somebody like, was that in the comics? And uh, all that stuff. My my Marvel history is sort of one long period in the 80s of, you know, Byrne and Claremont X-Men and yeah. George Perez on Avengers and sort of that's it. And then the uh, ultimate line, you know, that that's really it. Um, so I'll constantly have my wife with these shows go, is that in the comics? I have no clue. I have no idea. <laughs> um, whereas even with the Batman stuff, I'm not as, you know, there's so much of it now it's hard to keep up with, but the, um, but at the time, like, I, I don't remember, you know, I'm of the belief and maybe because I was young that, um, uh, it didn't bother me. It still doesn't bother me if you change something in a, and I guess for in my life as a producer, when you're adapting things and stuff like that, you can't be hamstrung. Like all of a sudden, if you want to make it on Mars in, in the 1800s, like, wait, well, we have a problem, you know? Yeah. I mean? But it's like, Hey, we came up with this twist that enhances the character. It's like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah. I, get, I mean, it depends. That's the thing. Like long form comic book storytelling is going to be different than two hour movie, you know? And, most people are going to watch it and leave, you know, it, it, it did so usually different. And, you know, so there's no context. Mm -hmm. Right. So your only context for Batman at that point is Adam West. Right. Yeah. And even at that point, that's 20 years earlier, you know, long before we were around. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it was, you were introducing this character to a completely new audience to a degree. Uh -huh. You know, like I remember again, another useful story. He was telling me that, um batman had been barely exposed like in asia at the time wow you know so like your experience of seeing batman for the first time that way was you know for millions of people mm -hmm. um other than you know maybe the adam west stuff came over and there was some manga and stuff like that in japan yeah. but like that that's what i talk about it being a cultural thing like it, it was a genuine worldwide phenomenon and i think because the aesthetics were so different and i think I'm saying I can only speak for myself on this as a comic fan. At that point, by the time you get to 89, like I was mentioning earlier, you've gone through the 80s where you've gone through these different iterations of Batman. Mm -hmm. So what's another one, right? Like, what, like you know, when they do Dark Knight Returns, that's really like the first real Elseworlds, right? Yeah. Or, you know, the real like, you know, like they had done like parallel universes and fantasy stuff in, in the early books, but like this sort of definitive grown up, here's Batman at, in his fifties or sixties, whatever it is. Yeah. And you, so you, you'd gotten to a point where everybody had their Batman, you know, and even now there's so many different versions of Batman. Everybody at every age has their own Batman. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole generation now where for like you, where it's like Jack Napier killed the parrot. Like that's your starting point. Right. Yeah. And there's a whole generation of people like you whose Batman is Michael Keaton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just you know, I went through this, you know, to make the Star Wars comparison. It's like, you know, guys my age hate the prequels, right? And <laughs> so, like, you know, you have the original trilogy, yeah, and then you have the prequels, and then Obi Wan comes out, and now there's prequel nostalgia because yeah. now you have my nephew who's 25, right, uh -huh. and who had the experience of his first Star Wars were the prequels, me taking him to the prequels. Right or yeah. the, the the second and third ones. He was too young yeah. for the first one, and but so like he doesn't think of Jar Jar Binks any different than he does Jabba the Hutt. Right? Wow. Yeah. Like whereas our age, it's like they're two very distinctive things. But oh, the Obi Wan show almost retroactively makes the prequels cool. Yeah. You know, like there's a, there's a prequel nostalgia now, and now we're about to hit the point when the Flash comes out. That's going to be the first wave of '89 Batman nostalgia. Yeah. That okay. That, I, I'm glad you got there because uh, I, I know a couple of young guys, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they haven't they haven't seen the Keaton movies for 
ever or if ever you know and so they i know one of them just recently watched it like oh my gosh i see why people like this you know and there's probably a little bit of like you know like you're not gonna speak ill of like michael keaton batman like right like it's just he's like the he's the guy you know he's like the blueprint for like the cinematic batman but um i i am it already started coming like i I know this film got delayed so some stuff like i got a michael keaton batman christmas ornament they have one for the flash already came out you know they had halloween costumes all this all this stuff that was supposed to come out i think the batgirl film was supposed to come out first right or no or no it was supposed to it was supposed to come out in november though because flash was supposed to come out in summer anyways so some of this stuff has already kind of leaked out a little bit but um uh, do you do you have anybody that maybe in your circles that's like, oh shoot, Keaton's coming back? Like that's crazy. Like what do you think? You know, I've had a couple of people ask me because they're all like, oh, I'm the Batman guy. So like, hey, did you? They asked me, did you know? <laughs> like, when yeah. I first I, when, when I first heard about it, it was probably like a couple of days before it was announced. Yeah, and you know, it was like someone, well, Keaton, they're going to bring Keaton back, and I was like, no way. Yeah, you know, no. And then like two other people like you know, Keaton's coming back and they're making a deal for him now and all this stuff. And, and, and I was just like, that's brilliant because I mean, it's flashpoint, but instead of Thomas Wayne, you have Michael Keaton. Right. So, which by the way, makes it easier. Cause if you do Thomas Wayne, there's a whole can of worms. You have to explain. Yeah. Of this Batman with guns who kills people in a parallel universe. Cause the wife, presumably was dead even though she becomes the joker which i love in the yeah. universe i love the flashpoint stuff yeah and, flashpoint's a great story. and um you know and the son gets killed like you'd have to sit there and go through you don't want ezra dealing flash dealing with madman thomas wayne yeah. and all that stuff like it, it's just it's just too much so the, the idea of sort of taking that original conceit of flashpoint and swapping it for Michael Keaton is, I think, brilliant. Yeah, and and from the trailer, it seems to have paid off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 lean heavy into that. I think that's what no one was asking me about Flash. They're asking me like, so Michael Keaton's back. What do you think? You know, what's that mean? I'm like, it's just you know, simple. It's it's just that same Batman from that that era of films. It's just a different universe, and he's you know, meeting up with them. See what happens. I don't know, but I'm really I'm the the only sad part of it all is like oh I, I wish that you know we'd get more of them. I know the the, the rumor was he was going to kind of be the the uh, the Batman for a little bit after uh, you know whatever. Um, so hopefully if this movie makes a billion dollars, they can still pull off a an Elseworlds or something like. That's what multiverses are for. Yeah, yeah, and I know they said that you know they're they're going to try to not have like three Batmans running around, but man, it'd be nice to see. Uh, just another stab at it because it sounds like all the other stuff is probably off the books but yeah man i i think i think uh a lot of folks are going to be really stoked to see michael keaton back man i'm oh, i'm really that's yeah. the that's my number one like you know i, I want to see the film and all but like yeah um i love keaton i love keaton uh batman he's he's my fave and and you know i like affleck they're both <laughs> they're both my guys affleck just never got a good movie to be he in. just never got a good movie and I, that's the part i'm like man i wish he had a wish he had a good one but hopefully i recently read the jeff john's affleck script and well it needed work that's all yeah. I'm there you go don't say anything else we can't say anything else <laughs> there you go they'll 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 quote you exactly <laughs> so well cool well we'll wrap it up here we're at about we're about a little under an hour and i want to let you go fj thanks for hanging out is there anything that uh you want to share with everybody let let them know other things you're working on um you're a busy guy. Busy guy. I'm working with a company called Vault Comics. So yeah. developing their stuff for film and TV. We just sold something to BET with Ridley Scott's company, which I'm really excited about, called Resonant, oh. which is a great comic. Oh, yeah. Resonant. I read Resonant. It's a great book. And yeah. um, a couple months ago, my, my current show, Tekken, based on the video game anime I did on that, came out on Netflix. Um, and then there's a secret anime I'm developing now for another streamer. And I'm just plugging away. Nice. Awesome. Well, FJ, thanks for, for being on the show. It was oh, it's fun. My pleasure. It's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. I don't get to, I don't ever get to talk to FJ. Just just to give him <laughs> I only talk to you. I won't talk to Bill. <laughs> you won't talk to Bill. He hops the whole conversation. He starts giving me recipes <laughs> for chili and shit like that. I just, I don't know. I like, what do you what do you what do you think about my chili and my gumbo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he gave me his gumbo recipe. My wife asked for it. 
and she didn't make it like right away and he was like insulted for like a year <laughs> should you make it yet she make it yet i said no she didn't make it yet and so that's that's funny i have to, be, I have to behave yeah he, he needs to just put out a recipe book or something because that's exactly like the first 20 minutes of each time. show is yeah he's retired he can't do it it's always like the weather and you know what do you what are you cooking so that's that's exactly. kind of what goes on here all right well uh you can uh find me on twitter at justin m kowalski you can follow the show at batman on film and uh, check us out at www.batman-on-film.com. Batman on Film, authoritative, definitive, the original. Check us out.